Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. Okay, tell me where you at right now. What kind of mood are you in? Let's not. <laughs> Let's just pick a topic and go from there. What's what's your association with regret? Like, how do you feel about regret? It's something in hindsight that you realize was probably more divinely timed than it seemed at the time and would have taken you down a path that could have excelled your life. Oh, I know what your regret is. Now I know. Wait, hold on. Back up a little bit. Sure. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll save it. I'll save it. So it's something that I think is, you know, when you decide, when you look back and you're like, oh, I made a decision. And if I had made the other decision, it would have turned out as such. That said, that's, there's no way to prove that. You're answering a different question than I just asked you. I asked you, what's your relationship with regret? You're kind of defining what oh, okay. regret is. I thought you were asking what. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like you have regrets in life? Do you like no. do you hold on to them? Do no. You, then, then, yeah. I don't. I, I have like sadness that have been longstanding around letting go of things. And I have regret, very few regrets. I actually was just talking with some friends about this. I was like, you know, I don't have that many regrets. Well, for one, I like my life where it's at. And I choose to believe that everything, you know, everything led me to this moment, but that, you know, it was the right choice and that I do trust my intuition. I trust that the universe is conspiring in my favor and yes, privilege, but not exactly like that. There's a lot of people without privilege who have faith like this. And just to believe that like everything that's happening is, well, now I'm taking, eating my words. Cause I'm like, you know, it's always hard when we, we've talked about this before, when you get into tragedy and it's just like, oh, is that what was supposed to happen? No. But I think with those kinds of things where I'm in charge of making a decision, I just figure I did the best I could with what I had. And so there's no reason to regret it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you see me as somebody who has a lot of regrets? No, I, I hadn't been thinking about that question, but no, I, I don't see you as somebody with a lot of regrets. I, I see you as somebody who, especially not in the long term, in the immediate, I think you sometimes like hold on to like wishing something were different, you know, but like, why did that have to happen right there? But no, not, you don't like hold on to regrets. I mean, I knew that was going to be your answer, but it's It's true to you. No, but it is true to you. Uh huh. It's not true to you. It's not the same. Why is it not the same? I because nobody would understand this is not worth talking about because it would take too long to like give an example and then give multiple examples. It's just it's just like I I have emotions about things. It's yeah. not yeah. That's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But that no, I know, but it's not part of this conversation. Okay. So what question did you ask earlier? So earlier I asked if you could go back in your life and change one thing what would it be? Why? I know what your answer is. What is, what is my answer? Because this is turning into the Mighty Soul podcast. Yeah. Of per course. It's, yeah. It's where we get more listeners. No. Uh, the, your career. My career. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> wow. Big one. I mean, truth be told, I didn't have an answer when I asked the question and I'm 
I just kind of thought I'd think of something on the fly, but wow, I want to hear more of my career. Babe, you talk about this like at least once a day. Yeah. Tell me. What do you think it is with regard to your career? With regard to my career? You know. (laughs) (laughs) This is turning into the Adam Tell Muddy Soul, which she knows about (laughs) you and you haven't realized yet podcast. Oh, go ahead. You know. Ooh, well, what? I don't know that I, that I wish I would have saved more money earlier in my life. I mean, what? No, like, like, I mean, yeah, I dream about maybe having like different career paths, but those vary. There isn't like one decision. There is one every day that you talk about. One every day. Yeah. Okay. You wish you had gone into like coding and web development. No. What? (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I think more than that, I wish I would have gone in. No, I just say that in terms of like hindsight, like not as a regret. I say that in terms of like, wow, when I was in school, that would have been like, like going into computer science at that time. And, I, and I've always been pretty good at, you know, computers and but like going into computer science and, and studying computer science in that moment, I would have been really on the leading edge of a lot of like the web developing jobs. That's just more hindsight. That's not like, that's more like looking back at my life and seeing it in a perspective of the time period, what was happening now that I have 2020. Would you, would you change that thing about your life? Would I change that thing about my life? Um, I don't think so. Now, would the career path that I chose be different? Potentially. I mean, would I like, would I go back and like, no, like, it's interesting thought of like, if you went back in time a little bit, what would you want it to stay the same? And what would be different? Because and the the third question there is, would you have the same knowledge that you have now? Well, no. And that's the thing is you look at every person graduating college, and you look at them, and they tell you what they're up to. And I think everybody in their mind does a little bit of like, like calculation of like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, that sounds Uh risky. Oh, that doesn't sound like a good idea at all. Uh, And it's always, you know, in the context of like who, you know, and what's happened to them. Like people who are like, I'm going to go bartend, save a bunch of money, travel, do the thing. And if I would go back in time, you know, you could invest in zoom right before the pandemic hit or something. Oh my God. Didn't we know somebody who like suggests it? Yes. We had some friends who were like, just let's invest in zoom. And they didn't. But yeah, everybody looks at every 21 year old and says like, and nobody knows the truth, but they say like, oh, that's a smart idea. And you know, there's some that are, oh, you're so much ahead of where I was at at that age. Well, and no, but like those people don't have the knowledge because they haven't lived their lives yet. So they're just, they're also leading with their heads and hearts and intuition. And they're saying, you know, this is what I think is the right thing for me to do today. And, and this is how I would like it to turn out, but I'm also taking some leaps of faith just like we all do. Yeah. You know, I had this experience. It was kind of, yeah, it was, it was a little disheartening. So I'm was talking to my dad a couple of days ago and I was telling him, do you tell these stories assuming that no one in your family is listening to the podcast? No, no one in my family. That's not true. Who? My, uh, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I have some cousins that listen to anyways, but I feel like it would get back to me before we get back to my parents. Right. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Yeah. No, no one in my nuclear 
No. S- say it no, again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nuclear. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I was talking to him about, you know, all of the men's work that's really increasing in my life. And um, I'm doing more and more of it in a kind of outward facing way. And he was just really like, that doesn't sound smart. Is that the words he used? Well, I was kind of telling him like, it's something I could see myself like really growing into. He didn't say that. It's just, well, you know, my dad, he kind of like pauses and then he's like, hmm, you know, I mean, says so much with no words. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, clearly you don't agree with that. And, you know, he's very much taking this, like, not secure, don't know, bought about, you know, all the things. I mean, that's hysterical as he's a, he was a stay-at-home father and an artist for most of his life. The only reason he ever worked a job was, was when your mom had her stroke and he had to literally, he's never had a secure job in his life. Right. Yeah. That I know of. I mean, he, he did construction in Germany. People would say that that's not secure. Tell him. He went and worked in construction in Germany. You know, you know what makes you special? What? Not just in my life, but like in the world is you're like the person who if somebody, <laughs> if somebody wrongs <laughs> one of uh, one of your friends or family, like before they can even finish <laughs> telling you the situation, you're like, I'll kill them. <laughs> I will destroy them. I, I don't even know all the facts. You're sad. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> careful with the kill him oh well yeah okay yeah but But, i'm gonna i'm gonna you know you will go off like you just went off on my dad and it's not you're not wrong it's just like do you not so i came home from a retreat yesterday and told you that i had just been nicknamed oh i know i thought of that as i started talking shotgun milf It was actually Marisol Shotgun Mill. I mean, that feels like a character in like a DC comic. Great. I mean, like I am Shotgun Milf. Like, uh-huh. and it is, it's about my loyalty and protectiveness and my feistiness. And like, so what happened yesterday was and that milfness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, like, hello, the threshold of the one year mark of having had a kid. I am back, bitches. <laughs> I feel really good in my body. I feel like myself. I feel autonomous. And that makes me a MILF. And I've never been a mom before. So I've never been a MILF. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, when I'm by myself as a woman, I get really scared in situations where I feel uncomfortable with strangers or in the dark or men or, you know, alone with men that I don't know. But yesterday I was in a group of four women at this retreat and a man was approaching where we were like in, in rural, like it wasn't a good situation. It was somebody, the person who owned the place knew, and it, it really actually wasn't a good situation. And I mean, you should have seen me. I was like a feisty killer, killer terrier. I mean, I was just like, and I just said, I was like, do you have a shotgun? I mean, he, he was, could have been dangerous. Right. So I was like, you got a shotgun. And so then we were kidding, like shotgun milf. I mean, not going to kill anybody, but I wouldn't hesitate to point a shotgun at him. Yeah. Intimidatingly. Yeah. In with intimidation. I mean, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do if there's a strong, aggressive man coming at you? You have to protect yourself. And if you don't have strength, you have to like, I mean, I was like, y'all ready to scream like a banshee, run up on this motherfucker or pull out the shotgun. (laughs) I mean, I feel like you need to teach a course on this. (laughs) Welcome to Shotgun Milk 101. 
y'all ready to scream like a banshee <laughs> run up on this motherfucker <laughs> pull out the shotgun class dismissed <laughs> so why are we talking oh because your dad yeah that was sad that's sad. i feel like I, I forgot how i got on that on off the regret conversation but we were talking about different life paths and you know our family really matters and it's interesting because my parents are super supportive of your your engagement with the men's work they're mostly because it's entrepreneurial but also because it's like a value that they have and your dad i think while he appreciates those values as well he is very valued in the world of environmental protection and that's what you currently do and that is a huge value of his so i'm sure he's been very proud of you in that position for a long time and i think he's coming from this place where he was uh, maybe more seen as himself more of a risk taker when he was younger he was still very much and it's coming out when he's older kind of raised in this very safety secure culture and you know that's not exactly how we live our lives how does he embody safety through his career for example well i just think in the way that i've seen him you know, manage money and, and stuff like that. Like right. he's, he's one of those people where it's like, you're never in debt. And as soon as you have any little amount of debt, not that debt is a good thing or whatever, but like, you know, you literally eat beans and drink water until you are out of debt, no mm -hmm. matter if it's $500 or $5,000. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you don't like just keep living or how people started to learn to pay themselves first. Like he would never do that. He's like, mm -hmm. pay everything else, make sure everything is paid. And that's, there's a real ethic to that. Mm -hmm. And then there's, there's a lot of wisdom in that, mm -hmm. but he, in a lot of ways has gone overboard. And so I think when he hears me talk about doing something a little bit more risky, particularly in, as he perceives it, a financial standpoint, mm -hmm. his internal conditioning and red flags really go up. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you would go back and change in your life? Honestly, not really. I, I think my mind automatically does go to money things and just knowing, you know, I, I, I can see in my life how I could have just been so much better and was told and just so much better at saving and not like kind of wasting out money. Like I, you know, I made money when I was a kid and I just would blow it on stuff. And I, I mean, that's part of being a kid and part of being, a are youth. you, are you putting twenties into being a kid? Did you just call 20 year olds kids? Them, yeah. them kids. Them kids. Oh, okay. Especially, especially teenage and early twenties. Yeah. Fast approaching high 40 school, folks, high school, high school, college. We are fast approaching 40. Those kids. I mean, I feel like I was just 20 something. I think here's what I don't have any regrets. Let me be be clear i i think not I, a one mm, well what about that thing you said to me <laughs> i think i mean i have done stuff that i would if if i would have an opportunity to redo <laughs> i would not do it that's for sure you know i mean no regrets is like a that's that's maybe discounting certain times in which you've heard people mm -hmm. said things that you didn't mean of course there are those experiences staying corrected on that I, I do have regrets in terms of like relationships that when, especially when I was younger that I bungled or like mm -hmm. said the wrong thing or just wasn't a great human, mm -hmm. you know, and I was learning at that time, like how to be a good friend, how to be in a relationship, which is, which is like why you wouldn't regret it. Cause like you were learning and you uh, yeah, continued to learn from it. You didn't it, just continue to do those things. You learn from them. It, exactly. Exactly. So there are those things. 
Thank you, Neo. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become a part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that will support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time, and now we need your support to keep that going. Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Now let's get back to today's conversation. Okay, so if there was one thing I could change, which was the question you asked earlier, and my answer was that I gave up singing. And I, it's actually so a good answer, by the way, just why? Know. Oh, it's just a thing that like, it's really tangible it understands I, I like get it right away why you would have wanted to keep going with that. It's not like, yeah, I would have invested in Amazon when it was a dollar, you know, and kind of thing like this kind of oh, I wish I'd have done this and now I'd be rich. It's just like this very tangible skill that you did do and you made a decision over time to like let it go. And that's a solid answer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't wish that I had gone to school for music, which I had the opportunity to do and had been accepted to some schools for music. I don't wish I had done that because I'm really grateful where I went to college and where I went to grad school. Super grateful for what I studied. Love my career now. It's more about the somehow finding a way to sing. Because if you think back 20 years ago, when I was in college, I sang in the jazz band. So I, well, when I went to high school, I went to an art school and sang in sang jazz and sang in the choir. And then when I went to college, I didn't choose the music school. And so I was like, well, after just, I don't know, six months, a year, I, I missed it. And I asked if I could be in the jazz band, which hadn't had singers yet and opened up this, like, then there were singers in the jazz band and I sang and it was so fun and I loved it. And, you know, at that time, my voice was still really primed for singing. And then after that, I sang with some bands here in town. I recorded in some, on some albums and it was awesome. Oh, they wanted me to go on tour with them, but I had a full-time job and I was like, I wasn't a, a central part of the band. I was just like the hook, sing the hook, you know, in kind of a hip hop band, but I loved it. And so I said, no. And at that point, you know, I got called back a couple of times to do some recordings with them. But other than that, like, you know, they moved on because I wasn't a part of their band. And so then two days ago, I had a client say to me, that she gave up singing at some point in her life. And she's had this knot in her throat. Mm. And she said that she was talking with somebody and acknowledged this, like hadn't really noticed this and acknowledged this. And she told me, she was like, if you had talked to me last week, I would have sounded like this, like real grovelly. Mm. She was like, I had this like blockage in my throat. And she was like, and then I opened it up and I have another client I'm working with who is an incredible singer and she's been doing open mics, but she had quit singing at a young age because she had a diagnosis that people thought was like, oh, she shouldn't be singing, whatever. Anyways. And she gave it up and she just started doing open mics again. 
And she's having these amazing, like she just had this opportunity to sing in front of 200 people. And it was just like apparently stunning. But even like 10 years ago at a retreat, I sang in front of a group of about 200 people. And it was like, people were just so touched by my voice. And so I collected like five songs that I just kept singing and occasionally I'll get asked to sing and whatnot. And I introduced one of those songs to this group that I was with yesterday about a year ago this time a year ago. And they were like, oh my God. But I remember singing and shaking and getting off tune and restarting in another key and just like recognizing that my voice wasn't what it used to be and that I hadn't sung in a while and not feeling that proud of myself. And yesterday, one of them gave me a framed piece of art that says, those who sing pray twice. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, it's on the counter. Yeah, I saw it. So between my client the day before. I was wondering, I was going to ask about it, just kind of wondering the significance of. And so from the client before to that, and I've always had this thought, like, and I also think singing, if I had actually done it, might have taken me into a more uh, stage place, like a more like famous or notable place since being on stage. And the, you know, I, I want that. Like instead I went into the helping profession and I worked for 10 years for the you federal behind the stage. Yeah. I went worked the for scenes. the federal government, like wasting all half my talents. I mean, giving my all to this, like one talent that I have, which is to be really empathetic and connected to people. Mm. I mean, I could definitely cry about it, of course. And, you know, I would sing to Neo and in utero and he is enchanted by my singing. I was singing to him in the bathtub the other night and he just w- had been crying and he just stops and his mouth's hanging open. He's just staring at my mouth, like the sounds coming out of her mouth. Cause I think he's musically inclined, mm-hmm. but you know, I've said this to you before. I don't think that you value my singing hmm. and it's not, I would never blame you, but it is one of the reasons that I haven't done as much singing I guess it sends me a little bit of a message of like, it's not, I'm not that good. You know, most people who hear me sing are like, oh my God, I have chills. Like you're, you have a, a, an incredible gift. Like I want to hear you sing more. Mm. And you don't think I've done that? Ever once. You, I want to hear you sing more. I've, I've definitely said that, at the, especially at times in which you, and when you've sung, when, when we've worked on things, when I've encouraged you to, sing the song pray but I mean that's that's in my head and I I take the feedback and I hear that I'm sorry that I've made you feel that way well like wouldn't you think like you to say like have you been singing lately or would you sing me that or when I sing be like wow I don't just don't think you hear it the way other people have heard it it's an interesting thing okay yeah I'm well I receive that yeah what do you think about that you just don't think that feels accurate I don't think that I, I think it's accurate that I haven't necessarily, I haven't really actively requested you to sing. I think that's accurate and I can do a better job of that. I think it's inaccurate that when you have sung and when we have shared that, that I haven't given you praise and shown off for it because I know, or I believe that I have. Hmm. I think you are, because you are naturally very encouraging. I think you've encouraged me. I just am not sure you've heard it the way other people hear it, like been touched, like gotten chills. I also remember every single time that you've truly sung, 
basically in our relationship when I was present. Mm. And they, and all of those times are imprinted in my mind. So, you know, mm. I really apologize that because, it, because they have been special to me. So, mm. you know, but I, I apologize for not communicating that effectively. Hmm. Interesting. That's good to hear. That's interesting to hear. Again, thanks for sharing that. I'm feeling lots of emotions um, about that right now. So anything you want to share? Or? Just makes me sad hmm. that because, you know, nothing more than to like support your passions like that and to make you feel fully embodied and great and powerful. And that's clearly one thing that, I mean, just hearing you say that, you know, makes it really real that, um, that I just haven't been doing what I need to do there. And, okay. and not, it's not what I need to do, but it's like, I haven't been showing you enough how I really feel about those things. So hmm. that's interesting. I mean, it could be my perception. I'm not trying to backpedal. I'm just trying to be honest. It could be my perception, you know, I don't know, like you're a lot of amazing things and other people like this retreat of women, they, they see it and they're effusive about, they're like, he's amazing. I mean, they talk about you like that all the time. And I don't, you know, like you're amazing every day. And I don't look at you and say like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. You know, I tell you what I love about you as often as I can and am gracious and grateful for the things that you are. But, you know, I don't look at you with those like novel eyes, like, wow every single day, every once in a while, you know, not once in a while, but like often I'll get hit with that. And I'll usually tell you, but yeah. Cause like when I've been singing to Neo, I feel so connected to my voice because those are the songs my mom used to sing and they're low minor key, the kind of songs I like to sing. And I just feel really like, I feel like there's something being expressed from me that feels really genuine. And I guess it's just my own thing, you know, like I can have my own things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I remember when you shared with me that you were singing to Neo in the bathtub and, you know, it made me feel really nice. Mm. Okay. Well, so what would you, what, what's your answer? Yeah. So I think for me, one thing that came up when you were saying that was, I wish that I would have learned to like truly commit to things earlier on. I, I was always, and I've talked about this on the podcast, but I was always a person who would kind of learn the, like learn the basics of something, of a skill, which means I can do a little bit of a lot of different things. But I, 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 I go back and I recognize, like, I wish I was much better at like, diving in deep on stuff. And I think if I could go back, I would learn how to like really commit to things for and and become really good at them. And, you know, like one of the things was I, I wish when I was running in high school, running cross country, that like I would have actually tried, <laughs> you know, that I would have actually like commit and I, I could have been so much better than I was, but I didn't give like I didn't train. I didn't care about practice. I didn't care about anything. And what was going through your mind at that time? I didn't have that competitive spirit in me in that way. I was distracted by other things. You know, I didn't like, you know, I, I wanted to do well and I did well enough, but it would have been so easy to been really good and actually really commit to it. And 
it's a skill that I've had to learn later in my life of how to fully commit and dive into something and say like, this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm still do that. Like I still like cut corners, little laws, they fair about it. Like, and yeah, I just wish I started to develop that skill earlier and, and running in high school cross country was one thing that came to mind. Thank you for sharing that. So these are actually a lot deeper than like, it isn't about like a regret, like, oh man, I wish I had invested in zoom yeah, and then gotten right, more right. money. Like yeah, right. not that money's bad, but like, that is just not the same yeah, as like, like deep, yeah. like a character. Should have bought in the, the housing market in 1996, you know, of course, like, yeah, no, this, these are about our, our character and about yeah. what we value. So it's right. interesting. It's interesting. Cause I know that one run, runs deep for you too, about just like pushing through to the, to the real gem. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because when you said that, like, I wish I, I had the thought of like, I have a tendency to only do things that I really like to do. If I don't like to do it, I either don't do it, or I just very quickly ask for help or outsource. And it's doesn't build the resilience and the, ten- and like the push through, you know, like, and I've had lots of conversations with my friend who's in leadership and she's like, what would it be like if you just stayed the course? And I'm like, mm, cause it's too hard. So it's interesting that we have that in common. Do you think that you have the, do you wish you had stuck with violin from it? So then we both have um, a music thing or no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely a part of me that wishes I would have stuck with violin more. You know, it. I kind of, although I just kind of fold violin into mm. all the things that, and I did violin more because it was not pushed on me, but it was just like a thing that my dad emphasized. And so I played and got lessons and did all that growing up. And I, I think I, I'm more at peace with the violin because the benefits of playing the violin growing up were, are still paying off in my love of classical music and my love of symphonies and the way in which I have an appreciation for that world. I don't need to necessarily keep playing, but I mean, it would have been cool to be like a violinist in a band. I mean, I always thought they were the cool. Mm, yeah. You know, or like a the, the with fiddle, that fiddle. fiddle player in a band, not necessarily anyway, but I just kind of folded into things that like I kind of did halfway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't about for me not pushing through the heart. Like I kind of liked the challenge. Um, you know, like fire poise, another thing of this. Like I can do it. I get up to a certain point where I feel like I understand the like the basics and the roots of it, but then I don't push myself to go to like the advanced level. I get enough to where I can kind of like talk about it, associate about it, do it enough. You know, you got like everybody's got their one good dance move. It's like I always get that like one good move one, you know, one good set of moves. And then I kind of cap it. And the hard part was never, I like a struggle, especially at the beginning or a challenge just way with skiing, you know, and slalom skiing. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. I will get beat up trying and like, keep going to do it. But then once I can do it, like there isn't much drive in me after that. And I just want to develop that more because what I see generally, and I know I'm on a little bit of a tangent here, but what I see generally is like people who become at least one version of successful in life are people who commit doing a couple of things or one thing or really well, really well. And they kind of let all the other fluff go and they stay focused and they put their energy into that. 
And it's amazing because each thing contains wisdom about everything else. You know, you can associate and create like if I'm just like really deep into meditation or I'm really deep into whitewater canoeing or I'm really deep into like fashion or, you know, whatever, like whatever the things are, I'm really deep into woodworking. You know, you can relate those to all aspects of life. So I, I just wish I see people. It's that so in other words, it, it's not limiting. It's not limiting. It's it's expansive in a way, but you have to get to that point. You have to truly commit and make a decision to commit and open that world up um, past the like walking through the muck of it all. We talk about depth and I have like three or four things that I've committed to for, you know, 20 plus years. And I feel like going deep in those things has provided, it's like, it's not just the same thing over and over. It's like layers. It is deepening and opening. That's right. Yeah. So there's value to both because I also think that when we can be spontaneous and do things, I mean, we travel, we do this, we do that. We're having a baby. We do this and we do that. You know, like we do, we're doing lots of different things. We got a dog, like a lot of people like wouldn't do as much as we do. And it makes for a really rich and complex life. Now, does it make us top of our class in whatever we're doing? Not necessarily. And I hear you saying as you mature that that's what you want is you want to really be, to find some mastery and some things that take you to the next level. And I really support you and I know that you can do it. And I've watched you work on this particular issue and, and break through. And I just want to remind you to be gentle with yourself when you back off of those things and move in a different direction because you're pulled, not because it's your choice, but because you're pulled like towards our relationship or towards Neo to be gentle with yourself, but also just to know that like you've mastered a lot. Like you Mm -hmm. are, I mean, first of all, you, your current career is a lot of mastery and you are super committed to this relationship, babe. That's very true. And you go deep, you know, you let the layers unfold in this relationship. And I don't see you quitting that anytime. That's true. Yeah. Thanks for that. And you ran a marathon two years ago, like Mm -hmm. five days before the pandemic. That was part of this journey. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what I talked about Mm -hmm. in in training for that. Mm -hmm. Our baby's just been up forever. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he even went to sleep. Okay. Love y'all. Thanks you all for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.